Our first reading begins with St. Paul's reflection on, on Abraham and faith, the necessity of faith. But I'd like to go back quickly through the last remaining, the not remaining, but the previous days when we read St. Paul's letter to the Romans. The letter is extremely important. And during this week, we had a feast of St. Luke, of Isaac Joke, we had other readings. But I'd like to go back to St. Paul's letter to the Romans, even if, even at the, uh, the very beginning of this letter, because it is very important. And why is it important? St. Paul wrote to Romans, Christian community in Rome. He was not the founder of the community. There were many people coming from different places, whether it's from different Greek towns or from, from the Middle East, from Turkey area and they would go back to Rome. They became Christians someplace else, and they brought Christianity to Rome, to the city of Rome. And so St. Paul wanted to make sure that the Christian community in Rome contains not just the aspects of Christianity, but the true teachings of what Christian faith is all about. So it's, kind of, it's a wonderful, powerful document, and St. Paul covers many, many areas of faith. But he begins this letter as we have heard here on Monday, we have heard this letter, that it's not just the, the, what is gospel? The gospel, the power of salvation. It says gospel has the power, okay, let me just read you at the very beginning. Greetings from Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart to proclaim the gospel of God, which he promised long ago through his prophets. So the gospel is the good news being promised from long ago from the prophets. We go back all the way to Abraham. And maybe you can go back to the book of Genesis to the very, very uh, chapter three, not only where there's sin, but there's also promise of salvation. The, where it's called through, you know, through, the, through Our Lady. The gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, but was made son of God in power according to spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, through him we have been favored with apostleship that we may spread his name and bring to obedient faith to the Gentiles among whom you have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. And then he goes back. This is why he's doing it. But ultimately he says, what is the gospel? I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God leading everyone who believes in, 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 in it to salvation. So gospel is leading all of us to salvation, which means to communion with God, to this kingdom. So it's not, so the power that leads everyone to believe in, in it to salvation, the Jews first, the Jew first, and then Greek. For in the gospel is revealed the justice of God, which begins with and ends with faith. By scripture, says the just man shall live by faith. And then St. Paul says, for those who do not believe in God. And then he goes through the punishment for idolatry. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against the irreligious and perverse spirit of men who, in the perversity of theirs, hinder the truth. We know that there's so much perversity today. And St. Paul would say, this hinders, the truth hinders the salvation. Because when people hear all this stuff, they get discouraged. And so it's, it's those who are irreligious. 
And since the creation of the world, invisible realities, God's eternal power and divinity have become visible, recognized through the things that he has made. Therefore, these men have no, have become, therefore, these men are inexcusable. They certainly had knowledge of God and yet did not glorify God as God or give him thanks. But what they did is they filled themselves with pride, with speculation, with with uh, the kinds of beliefs, including, including uh, sin, this type of sinful behavior which rejected God. And he says, because God, uh, because they rejected God, they have entered into perversity. When we reject God, perversity becomes a reality. And St. Paul speaks of that, including the, the very foundations, the God delivered them to a disgraceful passions. Uh, the women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural, and men gave up natural intercourse with women and burned with lust for another. As St. Paul uses that explanation for, for, the, for the problems we have today, the difficulties, you know, and, and, and he speaks of that. And he says, God, there's God's just judgment that passes, judgment, judgment, and judgment is God's judgment on those who do not, who reject. But, 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 but he says the consequences of sin is death. So there's, there's, a, there's a, that love in St. Paul says, I want you to remember that these things, the, the sinful life will not lead you to God, but will lead you to a perversions. And I want to protect you. These perversions will not let you in into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, then God gave us the capacity to have internal law and that is judgment of our conscience. Their conscience bears witness together with that law that their thoughts will accuse and defend them on the day when in accordance with the gospel I preach, God will pass judgment on the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. And then judgment also of, of the Mosaic law. God gave us the, no, the law, the Ten Commandments, how to live our life according to God. And then subsequently, the... Uh, St. Paul says, yes, God gave us, but there is a, what is called universal law of sin, consequences of sin. All have sinned. All have sinned. And, and, and they all are in need of redemption by, by Christ. There's no one can free themselves from, from, from sinfulness. No one, since no one will be justified in God's sight through observance of the law, because even if we do know that we should not do this, but he says, St. Paul says, even though I know what is right and wrong, and yet I do it. Why do I do the things which I know are not, not right, not good, and I choose to do evil? And he says, and, and, and I know this, and yet there's a law of sin within me, a law of sin which needs to be redeemed, law of sin, and we speak in a Christian Catholic sense of concupiscence, consequences of sin, which, are, which have wounded our, our human personhood. And finally, it's a salvation through faith in Jesus. But now the justice of God has been manifested apart from the law, even though both law and prophets bear witness to it, the justice of God which works through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe because all of us have sinned. All men have sinned, are deprived of the glory of God. All men are now undeservedly justified by the gift of God through the redemption wrought in Christ Jesus. Through his blood, God made him the means of expiation for all who believe. He did so to manifest his own justice for the sake of remitting sins, 
committed in the past to manifest justice in the present, in the present by way of forbearance, so that he might be just and might justify those who believe. St. Paul goes about the necessity and the importance of faith, but we live in an environment today where faith is undermined. Other causes of, of being undermined in faith, or plurality of religions, the existence of evil, or can say the, 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 you know, the, the problems of, of men and women like us, all of us, who are not exactly faithful, and it says, well, if Christians are not faithful, Christians are fighting among each other. There's all kinds of reasons why people do not have it. There's some philosophical reasons in ideologies of today. They question and doubt the existence of God. And yet, there's sin, though. No one can question evil, that it exists. No one will question that. No one will question that there's some form of brokenness in us, that people are not good, they betray each other, they lie, they hurt, they wound. You know, we, we, we have this, we have the reality of war. You know, the reality of war, even in the Middle East, the very presence, where the, the very place where revelation of God was made. And we don't listen, we don't hear, we don't follow. So therefore, even if there's no empirical evidence, so-called empirical evidence for the existence of God, because we use senses, and senses cannot, God is spirit, so senses cannot detect where God is, but senses can inform us about what happens to those who really believe. Those who really believe the miracles that take place, those who believe who receive people changing completely, almost like overnight, they change from way of perversion to a way of faith. What is that power? So we have empirical evidence to tell us that something happens for those who believe. Something happens. Something happens in the life of those who accept the Lord Jesus into their heart, transforms them. Something happens to the bread and wine. Empirically, we can say, what is it? You know, the, the body of Christ is truly there. The Eucharistic miracles would give empirical evidence to the to the, to the reality of, of the presence of God. Even those who do not believe may say, well, I, you know, I'm not interested in it. I already have made up my mind. Don't disturb me with additional facts because they don't make sense, so therefore I don't I reject it. Empirical evidence is there by those who heal quicker, who, has, who have uh, under living in the and the terrors sometimes of, 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 of their, their conscience, terrors of their own emotions or some form of a uh, type of uh, disorders. And yet, they embracing, by embracing the Lord, they receive the grace of harmony, of peace, healing, strength, courage, zeal, uh, fortitude, this type of strength to go forward. This is the type of empirical gifts. But St. Paul says, it is this, it begins with faith. And just like look at Saint, look at, at, at Abraham. Look what happens. He introduced into this world uh, a, a type of faith in the God who has revealed himself. He's not God of, of our imagination, but God who revealed himself and guided him day by day. Is the faith that guided Moses. 
and the people of God in establishing the covenant is the faith that prepared the people to receive and welcome God, the Messiah, the Son of God, that type of faith. And this is why, this is why today it is important for us to kind of reflect on, and, and be grateful to God for the gifts of faith. It is the community of faith that inspires others by our living faith. They say, look, you know, St. Peter says, he says, give witness to the faith that you have. When people come to tell you and ask you, what is the source of your hope? What is the source of your, you know, not kind of falling apart, uh, you know, seeing the evil around us? What is the source of hope? He says, it's the Lord, Jesus, is the revelation. He says, give witness at the moment when they ask you or give witness by what you believe. So community of faith, community of faith that also reflects on the miracles. You know, how many people can come? I, I can say right in this place, we have at least six miracles, seven actually. If we say St. Faustina has two approved by the church, St. John Paul II has two approved by the church, our founder has two approved by the church, there's actually more. There's a, you know, Blessed Michael Sopochko approved by the church. We have also three others, Blessed George, the martyrs. So this very place has, has a, is a living place of the approval of the, the miracles that have taken place. And perhaps even more, because those who prayed through St. John the Paul II, they receive, you know, they receive additional graces as well, of Faustina, how many there are. You know, so faith is community of faith that ponders and reflects on God's power and his love. Those who ponder on the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. How many, how many people receive miracles here, even at the shrine? I, I, I have witnessed, and I, many people have told me what they have received, healing from, from, uh, from cancer, hearing from overgrown uh, tumors in their, on their bodies. People receive graces. This is the power that God wishes to put manifest. It is for those who believe and to live authentically. Jesus today challenges those who do not live authentically. Beware of those who do not really believe. He says, beware of, the, of hypocrisies. Believe of the, 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 the sin, the leaven of, of the Pharisees. Also believe that, that there are consequences to every action even if things are whispered in a silence, in a, in a behind the closed doors, sins behind the closed doors, all those things, they are ultimately manifested because what happens is that God is the one who's God of truth and we can't, we can't live. The only thing we can say is, yes, we're sinful. So we acknowledge our sins before the Lord. We acknowledge, I'm sorry that I am not as faithful. I'm not sorry that I'm not as... As, as good as I would wish to be or, or that I have made promises to God and I don't live them fully. I mean, God, but acknowledging it means we protect the truthfulness of God, the justice of God, because we're the ones. It's not blaming God. God, you know, why do not you protect me? No, it says we have to call out and cry out, God, I need you because I'm weak in this area, even though the sins are, are there. But the justice of God becomes mercy of God for us. For those who believe, who acknowledge their sins, acknowledge their weaknesses, confess, God gives them the gift of forgiveness, no matter what they have done, even if there are consequences of suffering sometimes that follow every sin. 
and yet because there's a poison that's released from sin, and yet God in his mercy will not only forgive but also heal. And Divine Mercy Sunday would be one of those incredible gifts that God gives us. Whatever sins you have committed, whatever consequences of sin you, 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 have, you, have, uh, you, you have introduced into the world, I will make up. I'll make up for that. I will remove them. I will move. This is the power of divine mercy, power of God's love. Yes, there's justice and there's mercy. Not that there are two, uh, the mercy cancels out justice, but what, what the mercy does is, is transforms, transforms the brokenness and heals. St. John Paul says that divine mercy is the one that puts limits on evil. It, it embraces, puts, puts limits on evil. Because why? Because in Jesus, the evil has entered Jesus and Jesus did not return it back. He embraced it. And divine mercy, which is Jesus himself, the Father's love for us, his mercy. This is what, what the revelation says. So today, I know that I spend a little more time on St. Paul, but if you are able to, why don't you, you know, kind of read, set aside maybe a, a 30 minutes or so, read several chapters of St. Paul today, maybe several chapters tomorrow. It's absolutely wonderful to hear his way of thinking, Christian way of thinking, because he says, put on Christ's mind. That we will see it not through the cultural patterns of today, because it can lead us to, to all kinds of uh, erroneous thinking, but put on Christ, put on the gospel, put on the gospel or the, or the, of, of St. Paul's powerful teaching on, on what happens to us when we are Christians, what happens to us when we embrace the Lord in faith, what, what happens to us when we, when we receive the, the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us through confirmation, but, but every time we call upon the Holy Spirit to guide us, give us wisdom, understanding, uh, that type of wisdom which is, which is God's wisdom, which forms us. I know that I am speaking to all of us here and whoever they are, those who are watching us, we're, we're sharing these things as men and women of faith. We know this. We know this, but it's good for us to kind of periodically review so we can be strengthened, our zeal can be once again re-enkindled, uh, our, our desire to even go further than we have gone so far so we can become great witnesses, just like St. Paul, great witnesses to the power and mercy of God that we have received through faith that leads us to salvation, leads us to eternal glory. And part of that beautiful gift of faith is the Eucharist, the power of the Eucharist, Christ among us, Christ in us, Christ who has promised that you'll be with us always. So no matter what we have done, what sinfulness has been clinging us to us, clinging on to us, that God, through his mercy, and especially through the gift of Eucharist, will bestow upon us his choices, blessings, and eternal salvation. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. 
Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.